0: Welcome to this edition of the God is Your Life broadcast. This is Reverend Mark Slay inviting you to join me for the next few minutes as we get into the Word of God. Deuteronomy 30, 20 tells us to love the Lord your God, obey His voice, and to hold tight to Him, for this is your life. I'll be back in a few minutes, but for now let's listen as I teach from the Word. Now, Daniel the ninth chapter, we looked at this, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then Daniel. Daniel the ninth chapter, the angel appears to Daniel. He tells him, verse 24, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people, for the holy city, to finish transgression, to make an end of sin. "...to make atonement for iniquity, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up all vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. It, that is the temple, will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress." Do you realize what a remarkable prophecy was given to Daniel right there? Do you realize that the temple of God was plundered by the Babylonians? And that Daniel, who was taken captive out of Israel by the Babylonians, was brought into their land and served in their government? And the angel appears to him and said, the temple is going to be rebuilt again, even in times of distress with plaza and moat. He said, and not only that, from the time the decree goes forth, Many years from now, for that temple to be rebuilt, you'll have so many times before the Messiah comes. Now look what he says. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. So he would die. Interesting to me why the Jewish nation can't seem to realize their Messiah has already come. You couldn't get a more explicit scripture to detail his coming. Not only did he say that there he would come that the temple would be rebuilt but the Messiah with the Prince would come but he would also be rejected and killed how could a Jewish person not accept that except the same reason that Christian people don't accept the Bible themselves see a lot of people I've seen them even Christian folks they go off looking at the Jews with disdain and saying oh my god you stupid Jews how could you not see your Messiah do you know how many people there are that are Christians that are just members of denomination that have never believed this Bible? They're only Christian by association, just like the Jews were Jews by association. They don't no more believe this book than I'm a hog farmer. All kinds of people claim to be Christian and never, bl- never read this book, never believe it. So we shouldn't point a finger at the Jews, point a finger at the Christians. They're not accepting the book themselves. It's the truth, and we fall guilty to the same deceptions in our day. As long as you make a profession of Christianity, as long as you say you kind of believe in Jesus, you'll make it. That is not true. That is not any more than it was true for the Jews. Do you know how religious the Jewish nation was? They claimed to read the Old Testament. They did read the Old Testament, but then when God himself was presented right before them, they crucified him. That's how much they knew God. Now, go to the book of Zechariah. It is the second to the last book in the Old Testament. If you find Matthew in the New Testament, you back up two books, Malachi and then Zechariah. And then let's go through Zechariah. And you want to see some amazing scripture of prophecy. Again, the prophets are giving us a description of this person. Is the scripture reliable? Well, I think any intelligent person would have to say yes. They're completely reliable. Zechariah chapter 6 verse 12 and 13 then say to him thus says the Lord of hosts behold a man whose name is branch for he will branch out from where he is now look and he will build the temple of the Lord yes it is he who will build the temple of the Lord and he will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne and we know Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father Thus he will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two offices. That is the office of priest and the office of king. Jesus was both a priest unto God for us and a king. And he's called the branch that will branch out. And you know what the Bible said? That he would build the temple of God. Do you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians the third chapter? What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians the third chapter? He said you believers are the temple of God that's how Jesus builds his temple you're it the moment you believe the scriptures you become another stone in that temple who's the cornerstone well we know from the Psalms Jesus was the cornerstone the stone that the builders rejected became the very cornerstone of the temple he's the corner we're just stones in that temple But notice the Messiah would be a priest and he would be a king unto God. Somebody said he didn't look like he's reigning yet. Yeah, he's seated at the right hand of the Father and the Bible says that same king is coming back. Only this time, he's not coming back to save anybody except his church. And the rest will perish. Now the ninth chapter of Zechariah. Start with the ninth verse. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. That was just a phrase for the Israeli people. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, I'm gonna take you over to Matthew's gospel. I just wanna show you Matthew chapter 21 keep your finger there because we're not done with Zechariah Matthew chapter 21 Zechariah prophesied this in 520 BC that the Messiah would come on a donkey Matthew chapter 21 records what happened verse 1 when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives then Jesus went sent two disciples saying go into the village opposite and immediately you're going to find a donkey tied there and a colt with her untie them and bring them to me And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send them. Now how did he know all that For it happened? Well, it happened. Verse five, or four, excuse me. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, we could say, Zechariah. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden and the disciples didn't went just as jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them and he jesus sat on the coats and most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road and the crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting hosanna to the son of david they're calling him messiah blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord 520 years later Zechariah's prophecy came to pass with minute detail now the 11th chapter of Zechariah told you to hold your place there I hope you did Judas Iscariot you that are familiar with the gospel Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver again we have a double reference of prophecy here folks Judas Iscariot is mentioned here in the scripture, though he's not mentioned by name in this verse. I'm gonna start with the 12th verse. It said, I said to them, if it's good in your sight, give me my wages. But if not, never mind. So they weighed out 30 shekels or pieces of silver as my wages. And then the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. That magnificent price is, that I was valued by them. So I took the 30 shekels of silver and threw them to the potter in the house of the Lord. You want to see the fulfillment of that scripture? Turn to Matthew 27. Hold your place there. We're coming back to it. Matthew chapter 27, verse three. Judas had betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He goes now, he feels terrible about what he did. Do you know that when the devil tempts you to sin, you're going to feel terrible afterward? But do you know what? You better be careful that you don't cross a line of no return. I've said this before. I'm just going to say this as a piece of pastoral advice to my people. There is an invisible line that exists in your life with sin. And if you persist in wrongdoing, I'm not talking about one time, two times. I'm talking about over a period of years. If you persist in wrongdoing, there is an invisible line in your life. And you don't know where that line is the last time that you've sinned, that sin, that it won't cost you your life. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. If you want to live, live. If you want to die, go ahead and die. But there's that invisible line, and the thing is, like I said, you don't know where that line is. You don't know when. Some people think, well, I'm just going to go out and have one last fling. It is the last fling of their life. You don't know where that line is. Judas crossed that line when he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Now listen to me. He had been stealing, the Bible said, out of the money bag the whole time of Jesus' ministry. He was in charge of it and he was taking money out of the ministry bag and putting it in his own pocket. And Jesus, then he finally got so hardened, I guess, that he just figured money was everything. See, you don't realize how sin will harden you over time. Just keep messing with it and it'll make you so hard and so cold that you will have absolutely no sensitivity to anything. And so Judas became so darkened, so blinded, so hardened by sin that he thought he just betrayed Jesus. Well, after the fact, the devil tormented him as he will you. That is no sign that you have repented. I said, that's no sign that you've repented. There is a line that you can cross and it may be the last time you get to do it. It wasn't Judas's case. It'll be in every single person's life, every Christian's life, who persists in sin. One time it will be your last time. Now, I'm not talking about a year. I'm not talking about two years. Some cases it might be depending on what people know. But over a period of years, you persist in wrongdoing, and Jesus will give you over to that wrongdoing. He did Judas. Well, Judas, there in that twenty-seventh chapter, the third verse, he had betrayed Jesus, and now he feels bad. Verse three. Then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, Jesus, he felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what's that to us? See to that yourself. And he threw, Judas, threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed and he went away and he hung himself and the chief priest took the pieces of silver and said it's not lawful to put them into the temple treasury since it's the price of blood well they were just as guilty of that blood as anybody else and they conferred together and with the money bought a potter's field as a burial place for strangers for this reason the field has been called the field of blood to this day notice it was a potter's field now go back to Zechariah the 11th chapter and read that one more time Verse 12, Zechariah 11. I said to them, if it's good in your sight, give me my wages, but if not, forget it. So they weighed out 30 pieces of silver as my wages. 30, not 31, 520 years before it happened. Just two. hope you enjoyed today's message. The title of the message is, Is the Bible Really the Words of God? If you'd like a copy, you can look us up on the web at mrcstl.org or markslay.org. That's m-a-r-k-s-l-a-y.org. Or you can call our office at 314-965-8488. 314-965-8488. Until next time, this is Reverend Mark Slay reminding you, that God is your life.